The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, July 30th, the day before the baseball or July 29th, the day before the baseball trade deadline. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, I have as my guest uh, the, the great Frank Stample from uh, CBS Fantasy. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank. Frank, thanks for joining me today. I don't think I've ever had you on before. No, this is awesome, man. I can scratch this off the bucket list. Roto-Wire podcast. With All Jeff right. Erickson. Very excited to be here and very excited that you just referred to me as the great. I feel like <laughs> in reverse here, the great Jeff Erickson. Well, you know what, though? I mean, you, you got your big time. CBS is huge. You guys are doing great work there. Uh, you know, I, I had a I did a podcast with Griffin Banger. He's uh, leading the Roto-Wire online championship, the NFBC, the online championship. Or he was at the time. I haven't checked the overall standings in the last week or so because I'm not near the top. But anyhow, he gave you guys a shout out. Says he listens to you first thing every day. Uh, you and Scott and Chris and Chris Towers. And you guys do great work. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's it's a lot because we're putting out daily content. So every night we were talking beforehand here. I'm on the East Coast, so we're waiting until after midnight. We're going live most nights. So it's a lot of late nights, but it's definitely fun. And it's it's worth it, man. It's I've I really enjoyed my time here with CBS. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's it, we're, it's a busy week. Got the trade deadline tomorrow. They pushed it up a day because they didn't want to have it on a Saturday. Uh, so I, I, I for all along, I was like, OK, 31st, 31st. No, it's tomorrow. So we've already had some big moves. Uh, the, the Rays got it started last week with Nelson Cruz. That was a big deal for them. Fit perfectly. Of course, he's a little banged up right now. Not in the line of the last two days, but I didn't love him going. I didn't love his landing spot for my selfish purposes. But in terms of for the Rays, it was a pretty darn good fit. Yeah, for sure. They needed another power bat in the middle of that lineup. They are a pesky team, and Austin Meadows just hit another home run off of Garrett Cole while we're recording this. But, yeah, I think they needed another power bat in that lineup. Wander Franco has not lived up to expectations so far, and you could really say that for most prospects. But, yeah, maybe he sits out a few more games, Nelson Cruz does, because we know that's what Tampa likes to do. They don't play everybody every single day. So I, I could see the playing time maybe taking a little bit of a step back, but the lineup around him is very good. I still think there will be a ton of run scoring opportunities for him. And it's a great division to hit in too. Yankee Stadium, Camden, Fenway. So let's yeah. get healthy Nelson Cruz and then finish out these final two months pretty strong. 
Yeah, I love Nelson Cruz. Never, never lose money on Nelson Cruz. You know, you, you take him every year, and he always can. He always, he always chimes in. He's always worth it. It's great. Yeah, forty-one years old, and you look at his Statcast page, and it's like nothing ever happened. <laughs> this is just yeah. who Nelson Cruz is. So, uh, I don't, I don't see anything in the underlying numbers that say that he's going to slow down. He looks like Nelson Cruz. I mean, he's getting up there, so I guess it's going to happen eventually, or maybe not. Maybe he's just the next coming of David Ortiz. Maybe so. Uh, maybe. And now that's the thing is he has a, those old player skills that translate, I guess. He got a late start to his career, much like Ortiz, ma making up for lost time. Yeah, but, for sure. All right. More recent trades. Uh, it's been a very busy week. Yesterday kind of really got going in earnest. The uh, A's of all, uh, which is a little surprised, not, not that they didn't need him, but that they actually pulled the trigger on it, went and got Starling Marte. They had to pay a pretty price for him and Jesus Lizardo, uh, in part because. The Marlins were willing to take on salary here. Uh, and if you're a selling team like the Marlins are, do this all the time. Pay the extra money, get the better player in return. I, I mean, I like the trade for both teams, but for the Marlins, I thought that was like totally makes sense for them to do this. Yeah, 100%. And we'll get into Jesus Lazardo. I'll start with Starling Marte here. But mm -hmm. I do wonder if he's going to run less in Oakland just because it's not as much of their team philosophy, I guess, money right. ball, right? So. The Marlins were second in steals heading into that trade yesterday, and Oakland was somewhere in like the mid-teens. So I wonder, I guess it depends on where he's going to bat in the lineup too. If he bats first, he's probably still going to run a decent bit. If he bats second, Mark Hanna is an OBP machine. That means there's someone on ahead of him. I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to run as much. With that being said, I do think run scoring opportunities, RBI opportunities will go up for Stalling Marte. The home runs have come down this season, and I would – probably say that's going to be the case in Oco as well. It's obviously a very big ballpark, but batting average still going to be great. Going to score a ton of runs. He's been awesome this year. Yeah, Mark, he has. He's on a 51 steal pace over 150 games. He's not going to get to that game mark because he, he missed some time, but that pace is just ridiculous. So he's been awesome this year and he's walking Jeff, which we've never seen before. His highest walk rate before the season was 6%. He's up over 11%. So it's really, really helped Stalling Marte's value this season. That's right. That's right. And, you know, he's always one of those hit-by-pitch guys, you know, and he got hurt a couple of times doing that, including notably in the playoffs last year, which, you know, is kind of, like, interesting to see, like, okay, is, you know, uh, get a break, break away from that a little bit there because, you know, he's like a lot, handful of players that always get hit by a lot of pitches. Rizzo, Bryant, also a lot of Cubs players uh, do that. Uh, Tim Locastro actually was no noteworthy for that too. Um you know, you think after a while, though, you get hit on the hand like that. Maybe get away from that. But he's gotten hit eight times. Uh, I'm interested to see, if, are they going to put him in center and put Loriano on left? Or are they going to do it or, or flip it the other way? Because, you know, both guys can be, uh, you know, guys that could play center field very credibly. Yes, for sure. I mean, we've seen some highlight plays from Loriano. He's got a really strong arm. I would lean towards a probably lean Loriano in center field, but uh, I guess time will tell there. But that just lengthens that lineup a little bit more. Really disappointing season for Matt Chapman. The complete yeah. opposite for Matt Olson. I mean, his transformation, strikeouts down, crushing left-handed pitching this year. It's early to start talking about next season, but Matt Olson's going to be somebody who he's going to be like a third-round pick or something like that, and rightfully so. He's been great. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Olson's kind of gone through this whole cycle. Last year, he had a lot of helium. He was going earlier and earlier and earlier the later we went in draft season, and then he disappointed. Had all those strikeouts, and now this year he seems like he's gotten it fixed again. And like you said, crushing lefties. That's that's the thing that jumps off the page to me. You know, he was really lost against them last season and clearly not the case now. The other thing about the A's and talking about team context, Romo Laureano had like eight stolen bases in the first four or five weeks of the season and then went 
two months with us until his next one. Now he had a trip on the IL intervening, and I think that might have had something to do with it. I wonder though. I they let Canna run and they let Loriano run at one point in time. I think Marte will run depending on who's it, whether he's yeah, Canna's still on base in front of him a lot of times. I think that might be the really the real question, like you said. Yeah, I still think that Marte is going to run. They know what kind of player they're getting there in mm-hmm. him. They're not going to just completely stifle and limit Starling Marte. Ramon Laureano was really interesting. And Chris Sowers, one of my co-hosts, he, he brought it up early in the season. And I think it was an article from Baseball Prospectus at the time. They highlighted that a lot of Laureano's stolen bases were they kind of came on fluke things like double steals and just like environments that he was playing in and things that kind of played up for that. So he had all those steals in the first month of the season and then just completely slowed down. So I don't know what's going on there with Loriano. He's just overall a very streaky player in general. So Roto, end of year, you're going to get your numbers from Loriano, but in terms of weekly or monthly consistency, he's kind of all over the place. He, he absolutely is. Uh, big trade, another big trade last night. Joey Gallo is now a New York Yankee. Uh, you're wearing the hat. You're a fan. I, I know you, you steer into being a New Yorker. It's all, all of that. Uh, how do you feel about this trade? From a Yankee perspective, just a pure baseball perspective, I hate it. And I'm a pessimist. I'm a pessimistic Yankee fan. Maybe realistic is what I would call myself, but I think this team is fraudulent. I just don't think that the Yankees are a team that can compete in October. I don't think that they have enough pitching, too much swing and miss, home runs. I guess there's a chance that they just all get hot at the right time and they're just all hitting home runs, but that's really just not what October baseball is about. Joey Gallo is a fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. I know he ranks very highly, wins above replacement. He's got a 19% walk rate, gets on base, hits all these home runs. It's a great fit in Yankee Stadium. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the guy could just hit a lazy fly ball and it's going to go out. So from that perspective, for his fantasy value, I do think he sees a slight uptick, more run scoring opportunities, more RBIs. I think it helps DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge a little bit, hopefully can help Giancarlo Stanton get going. But just from a pure baseball perspective, and as a Yankee fan, people are not going to like, they're not going to want to hear this from me, but I, I was wishing that they lost this entire week, Jeff, and that they just became sellers. <laughs> it's, just, it's not the Yankee way. It's, I know that they have a deep farm system. It's just, I think this team is fraudulent, and I, I don't think that they're going to compete with the way that it's made up right now, but hey, that's, that's the Yankees, right? Like, they're never going to sell. They got to compete every single year, so we'll see what happens. Well, and they, not only have they had a lot of injuries, but they've been targeted. You know, it's the, the the player they couldn't afford to lose. Aaron Hicks, they don't really have a center fielder. Brett Gardner really isn't a center fielder. Uh, Luke Voigt, you know, re, you know, been out most of the year with multiple different injuries. And then the pitching side of things, losing Kluber had just kind of hit a stride, and then he's out for basically the season. They, they lose the entire year of Clark Schmidt. They haven't gotten Severino back. I look at that rotation, and I see Garrett Cole, who hasn't been the same since they cracked down on the grip enhancement, you know, gave up that. You mentioned the home run by uh, Austin Meadows today. You know, he gave up that that four run first inning uh, today. And I, I don't see playoff pitchers beside behind him. Tyon Montgomery has really been tough to watch lately. Herman's had his good moments and bad moments. I don't see playoff aces. And I, I think you get to the playoffs, and I think they kind of get exposed for that. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I wanted them to sell. I mean, something I wanted them to look into in the off season last year was Aaron Judge for Lindor. Something like that. I felt like it made mm-hmm. sense for both sides. Maybe not Cleveland because they don't really want to pay anybody and judges coming up right. on attention. But Lindor in Yankee Stadium, I, I thought it would have been perfect. Switch hitter. He's got the short porch. Obviously, he's with the Mets now. He's dealing with injury. So 
that wasn't going to come to fruition. I, I wanted to see what can they get for Aaron Judge? What can they get for Luke Voigt, which apparently teams are interested in, shop some of their relievers and Chad Green. It's not going to happen. They're rumored to be in on Trevor Story and talking about Max Scherzer. And this is every single year at the Yankees. We'll see what happens with him. But overall, for, for just for Joey Gallo's fantasy value, obviously, it's awesome. There's always, yeah, yeah, that, that short porch in right field is beautiful there, for sure. Uh, there's always a lot of extra talk on the New York franchises, too. I mean, there's so many outlets covering them, and of course, you're going to run that way. Uh, Mike asks on, uh, you know, are the Mets going to get anyone good here at the deadline? Now, Mets, you know, they traded for Lindor in the offseason. It hasn't worked out as they'd hope. He's hurt now. Uh, we're t Fred Zinke and I were talking on Tuesday when we looked at the Mets, and it was hard to find a trade that made sense for them. They don't have like that one glaring spot, the obvious spot they need to trade for. Could they improve at second base or third base? Sure. Josh Donaldson would be a good fit there, perhaps. But JD Davis isn't, you know, a zero there either. And, you know, you look at the outfield, and, you know, Conforto's had just a terrible year, but are you going to give up on him that quickly? I, you know, everywhere you look, you're like, okay, it's, you, you don't have to really squint to see that they're, they're going to be good. And I think everything compared, you know, and then everything boils down to whether they get DeGrom back healthy and he's DeGrom down the stretch and in the playoffs. I, I don't see the obvious trade for the Mets. That's, that's what I'm getting at. I think Jose Barrios made a lot of sense for them. If they wanted to go down that route and, and bring in mm -hmm. another pitcher who's in his prime, a workhorse who can give them some innings. I mean, they've got some great work here out of Marcus Stroman this season. Tyler McGill has been fantastic for yes, them. Yes, he has. Taiwan Walker had another rough start today, so I, I think we were expecting some regression. He was pitching over his head for most of the season, but you're right. I mean, you look up and down their lineup, it's been a lot of underachievers. Jeff McNeil has not provided. He's been hurt for most of the season. Dominic Smith, somebody who I loved coming into the year. I, I was really buying in on 2019 and 2020. Okay, this is the player that I was expecting over the course of a full season. Maybe once the universal DH is in the National League, something that can help him. And I, I don't think he's just a natural fit for the outfield. So maybe that's something that's been affecting him. Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson, maybe. But J.D. Davis has some really nice underlying numbers, too. The StatCast page looks pretty good there. So I'm with you. I, I don't see an obvious need in the lineup. Maybe Jose Barrios made sense for the rotation. Yeah, and we, I don't know if Barrios goes or not. I mean, they don't have to trade him now. They could wait to the offseason. You know, they, they've obviously reached a stalemate in terms of contract extension talks. But, you know, the Twins don't have to tear it down to the studs either. They're in the right division. They can just kind of turn it around pretty quickly. I mean, I know they, they, they've stalled out with both him and Buxton in terms of contract talks. But those things can change. Um, I, I, would, I would not be surprised if Barrios doesn't go. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's someone that... They need a workhorse type starting pitcher in that rotation, and, and Barrios fits that bill. Yeah. You mentioned Chris Bryant. Neither he nor Anthony Rizzo are in the lineup today. This game just got started. Reds and Cubs. Uh, as we're talking, uh, it's uh, 2 nothing Reds in the second inning. Joey Votto homered again. Eight homers in six days. Six days in a row. Awesome to watch. I'm I'm a Reds fan, so I, I, I do enjoy that quite a bit. But, uh, you know, Bryant Rizzo, I mean, th there's been a lot of talk. The Cubs have already traded away a couple of players. Uh, Bryant, Rizzo, Kimbrell, they're, they're being mentioned everywhere. You know, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I wonder if they're close, if this is an indication they might be close. Yeah, and I think the trades that make the most sense to me, and, and we've heard rumored for a while now, Anthony Rizzo to the Red Sox, nice little mm -hmm. homecoming there potentially for him. I don't know that it would really help his fantasy value because it's not good for left-handed power and Fenway, but it would be an increase in run production and obviously just joining a fantastic lineup with the Red Sox. And Chris Bryant, 
I think it makes sense for the Giants, right? I mean, yeah. we keep waiting for the Giants to fall off, and it's just not happening. They're super pesky bunch. They just continue to get it done. Brandon Crawford having a career year. Buster Posey bounced back as well. And give credit to that front office and their coaching staff. Like, I've been as critical of Gabe Kapler as possible, especially when he was with the Phillies. He just yeah. made a lot of boneheaded decisions, especially with the bullpen. I mean, we wanted closers, and it was like before everyone was going closer by committee. Kapler was like one of those first managers, but man, they've done a great job with their pitching yeah. staff, their bullpen. So I give a lot of credit to Farhan, Farhan Zaidi and, and Gabe Kapler there with what they've done. And I think they wind up with someone, whether it's a Chris Bryan, a Trevor Story, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we were speculating maybe with Merrifield, uh, Cesar Hernandez is now off the table. But yeah, second or third, either one of those, those two spots, they could use an upgrade, get someone that could be a top of the order sort of guy. The thing about the Giants is they've done such a good job like converting these hitters into something uh, better than we, we thought they were constantly. Starting with the Az, I think, was be, it would be the starting point. But, you know, you, you see that across, throughout their lineup, they're scoring a ton of runs. Yeah, and it's not just their lineup either, Jeff. It's the pitching staff, right? So they yeah. they get these reclamation projects. Kevin Gosman, admittedly, I was not in on Kevin Gosman coming into the season, and, and maybe that is why I'm kind of in the position that I'm in right now. It's been a very mixed bag fantasy season for me, but yeah, I think I have just one share out of maybe 12 or 15 teams. So he's been ridiculous this year. Uh, Anthony DeScafani getting out of Cincinnati, someone I know who you're probably very familiar with. It's been a, a great turnaround for him. Just don't play him against the Dodgers. I, I looked this up last night. He got bombed by the Dodgers again. 22 earned runs in 21 innings pitch for Day Scalfani against the Dodgers this season. Almost all of those in San Francisco, by the way. The ones the starts in LA, in LA have been better for him. Yeah, it, it, it's it's wild. Uh, you know, Disco Fever. I you know I thought he, he was kind of solved. I, I tweeted about Robbie Ray. I have zero shares in 17 leagues. Uh, I, I heard the spring training hype. I heard about the pitch mix changes he was making and all that. I just said, I'm still never Robbie Ray. And to my chagrin, because he's actually been good. Yeah, I didn't draft him anywhere either. I wound up picking him up one spot, I think, in my home league. It's a head-to-head -head points league. So, you know, it's a little bit shallower format, and some of these guys were available early on in the season. But, yeah, we heard the reports. Someone who I actually did just get in on towards the end was Carlos Rodon, who we start started to hear really nice things about yeah. in spring training. And, you know, thankfully that I got a few shares of him in some pretty big spots too. So it, it was nice to see that come through. It is. It is. Well, and that's, and I, I, I belabor the point, but anybody could have had him this offseason. any team besides the white Sox, he was DFA'd. Anybody out there could have signed him and they didn't because most of them wanted to use him as a reliever. Uh, and the, instead, he added velocity, got stronger, and you know they, they rewarded him for that. So that 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 worked out pretty well. Uh, another contending team has made a couple of trades. One, two of them today. The White Sox. They added Caesar Hernandez early this morning, and just now, as we were talking, they announced that they got Ryan Tapera from the Cubs. So uh, they added the two spots where they needed help the most: second base and in the bullpen. Interesting. So I was hoping that if the Cubs trade. Kimbrel that Tapero would be the next man up. They've already traded Andrew Chafin to the Oakland A's. So mm -hmm. I'm pulling up their roster resource page to see who's next up on the list. I know. If in case they trade Craig Kimbrell, um, try and figure that out. But yeah, I mean, look, nice moves by the White Sox. They're going in. It makes sense. They've dealt with so many injuries this year and still dominating the, the division that they have. So we're giving credit to the Giants. Say what you want about Tony LaRusso, but I mean, he's he's worked wonders this season with the Chicago White Sox. So their pitching staff is great. They get Cesar Hernandez, who they're familiar with within the division. He's having 
a career year in terms of power, only a 231 batting average, 18 home runs. That's already a career high. It's yeah. July 29th, hitting more fly balls. Barrel rate is up. He's having an absolute monster July. So I think a nice uptick in value for Cesar Hernandez joining a very good Chicago White Sox lineup that just got Eloy Jimenez back. I hope he's all right. He's dealing with the groin issue, but Luis Robert is on his way too. You know, it's kind of funny uh, that the, he, he Cesar Hernandez is probably is kind of become a freaky Friday sort of guy. He used to be a light on power speed guy. He hasn't stolen a base in two years. It, it's it's it's, it's, it's weird. It's so weird, but uh, it, it works. So uh, it works for them. And you know, with you know, it is a perfect fit for them now. Tapera, like I, I saw, I'm looking at that depth chart too. It's like okay, Winkler, Dylan Maples, I guess. Uh, I, I do have a league, uh, Yahoo Friends and Family League that I'm in where it's uh, daily moves. And I did speculate incorrectly on the Nats this morning. I went with Swander Suero instead of Finnegan and Gray from Rasball uh, beat me to uh, Finnegan. I was going to try to pick them both up, but I, I failed. Uh, and Finnegan looked good today. He got the save against uh, the the Phillies. One, two, three inning. You know, continued the pain of Alec Baum, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, he looked really good. And he, he looks like he could be the guy going forward. Yeah, and originally I had speculated on Daniel Hudson early in the morning. Next thing I see, he's placed in the COVID IL. So we know that the yeah. Nationals are dealing with a COVID outbreak right now. And look, if Finnegan performs, I think there's two things here. They can trade away Daniel Hudson. Obviously, that would help Kyle Finnegan's case. If they keep mm -hmm. Daniel Hudson, I do wonder if once he returns from the COVID IL, do they give him an opportunity? Because he's been the closer in the past. Sure. He's really, really having a great season. Like he's turned things around. Strikeout rate is way up for Daniel Hudson. The walks are down, not giving up as much hard contact. So it's truly been a great year. But if Kyle Finnegan over the next week, 10 days, while Daniel Hudson is out, performs well in the role, they're not going to take him out of it. So if I was speculating based on Finnegan converting this save on Thursday, I think he's probably going to be the one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think managers usually are. Okay, he got, we're not going to commit to a closer, but I'm, you know, I'm going to roll this guy out the next time if he looks good the first time, and then I'll do it again, and next thing you know, you've got a closer. Yeah, and, and that's what we need, right? Especially this time of year when we're losing Yimi Garcia, who joined the Astros. We're losing Kendall Graveman, who was great this season for peripherals. Not as many saves because the Mariners kind of mix and match here and there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we lose two closers, but it seems like we're gaining a few here potentially with Kyle Finnegan. Looking at the Cubs again, yeah, you mentioned Dan Winkler. It looks like he has the best numbers in the bullpen, obviously outside of Kimbrell, who I still think they're going to trade. So maybe Winkler is the next one up for Chicago. Maybe, sir. Maybe so. Maybe I'll go turn around and pick him up too in this uh, daily moves league. We'll see about that. Just burn up those moves. You know, it's always fun there. Um, we'll continue talking about the, some of these trades, including some of these reliever trades. Uh, but first, a quick note from our uh, sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. That's W-Y-N-N. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from the sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and it's rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. My guest is Frank Stanfield from CBS. Uh, we're talking. It's the trade deadline week. We got a lot of details to cover. We haven't hit, quite hit all of them yet, but let's talk about some of these more of these reliever trades. We talked about the what, you know the, the Finnegan coming into the wake of the Nationals uh, closer job. Horrible pun intended. Uh, how about Brad Hand in Toronto though? Uh, is is he going to be the guy? Is Jordan Romano going to be the guy, or is it yeah. both? Yeah, that's where I'm leaning right now. I think we could see a co-closer, closer by committee situation here where maybe it's dependent on the matchups. Brad Hand, I have him in one spot this season, 15-team roto, so I just need all the saves that I can get. Mm-hmm. His underlying numbers this year are awful. Swinging strike rate way down, chase rate way down, someone who relies on burying sliders and, and people chasing them. His strikeouts are down. The walks are up. The overall numbers look okay for Brad Hand this season, but overall, he's not the pitcher that he once was. So uh, it's interesting to see that the Blue Jays, you know, knowing all this, they have the same information that we do. They still go out and trade for him. So if they do want to go with just one guy between him and Jordan Romano, I think it will be Brad Hand just because he has experience. They go out and trade for him. That's really the only reason. Like Romano's been better than him. So if you just, if they were going with the best reliever, I think it would be Romano. But uh, mm-hmm. based on how we've seen these situations play out in the past, I think it's either co closer. Or if it's one, it's Brad Hand. I, th- I think you're probably right about that. Um, and Montoyo all along has been kind of true to his word that he's going to, you know, go situationally. You know, we keep waiting for him to announce it. But, you know, way back you know, when, when they had the first of their many, many reliever injuries uh, that he kind of said it's not going to be one guy. When Kirby Yates got hurt, he pretty much said it, it was going to be the case. But we're like, oh, it's got to be Romano. He's definitely better. It hasn't, it hasn't played out like that. So I, I don't know why it would change now. Uh, so I, I expect, uh, I, I, you know, Romano's got eight saves. He's good. He's a very good pitcher, but, you know, we're just left with that. You mentioned Yimi Garcia going to the Astros, and, you know, they got they got two uh, guys that they created closer vacancies for. Uh, let's start with the Marlins. Uh, who, who's going to close in his wake? I think it's going to be Anthony Bender. Yeah. Dylan Floro has more MLB experience, and they've kind of – the role that they've used Bender in recently is kind of curious. They used him as an opener recently. They used him in the sixth or seventh inning. So Floro has more consistently been the direct setup man for Yimi Garcia pitching in the eighth inning. But I think just Anthony Bender has better stuff. You see it in the strikeout rate, the underlying numbers for him. So if I had to choose one of these guys, I think it's going to be Bender. But I don't think anybody really knows right now for sure. I think you're right about that. And, uh, you know, again, it could be a case where no one's the guy. It might be, it might just be that, you know, they, they, they share it. There's let's face it. There's not going to be that many opportunities either. That's, that's the problem. If, and when the pirates trade Richard Rodriguez, okay, sure. We can speculate on whether it's Bednar or anybody else, but they actually have to get a few saves too, for it to matter. Yeah. Bednar is one that I was actually touting before the season because Pittsburgh all along, they were saying, oh, we don't have a closer. Richard Rodriguez isn't the guy. And then mm-hmm. season, Richard Rodriguez is the guy. So sometimes managers say that and they actually mean it. Sometimes they say it. They don't mean it. It's kind of like a competitive advantage, I guess you could say. But uh, I think Bednar would be the next one up for Pittsburgh. And I think it makes sense for them to shop Richard Rodriguez and anyone else who's you know not pivotal to the future. I would be shocked if Pittsburgh actually traded Brian Reynolds because he's just fantastic and i think he's young enough and he's a player that you want to build around for right. years to come. so i don't think they'll ship out him but i think richard rodriguez makes a lot of sense 
Yeah, of course. There's an age difference, and he's just—it's a fungible reliever. Relievers, you know, they peak and then they go, they burn out quickly. So you trade them. Uh, Reynolds, I mean, yeah, he's not even—is he even art arb eligible yet? I mean, there's no reason to rush him. It's just like when I heard the Reds talk talk about Castillo maybe getting dealt by the Reds. Like, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Let's see, Brian Reynolds. I'm trying to pull up his spot track page. I know he's only 26 years old, so he's literally in the prime of his career. Yeah, he's first eligible for arbitration this offseason, 2022. Yeah, so take your time. Take your time. Uh, Kendall Graven, that was a weird trade. You know, just because the Mariners at the time were one game behind the A's in the wild card race, they had a thrilling comeback win over the Astros, playing the Astros the next day, and we traded him. And I know Jerry DePoto, like he wakes up thinking about 17 different trade opportunities, even when it's not trade deadline week. But still, uh, that one surprised me. Yeah, Jerry DePoto, he's a lot like the uh, Fred Zinke of real life baseball, right? (laughs) Always making a ton of trades in all of his leagues, right? So Jerry DePoto doing a lot of the same here. And it's very curious. They were playing each other. They just basically walk across the fields. Kendall Graveman goes from one dugout to the other. He's now with the Houston Astros. So he loses basically all of his value unless you play in a saves plus holds format. And I, I think for the Mariners, who's all this coming? Paul Seawald. I think he's top three in baseball in K per nine among right. the leaders. Where it's like, where did this come from? And it, it's just it's so interesting to me that from one year to the next, predicting relievers or trying to buy relievers who have an awesome year the pr- the prior year, it's just it's it's crazy. I mean, well, could, Graveman too. I mean, yeah. he added like what four miles an hour to his fastball, and all of a sudden he's unhittable and and not walking guys. It's just yeah. and I, I, the instinct to trade a guy, a reliever like that, at his peak value makes a whole lot of sense. And Toro's actually, I, I kind of like Toro, but it just from a fit standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, this year for a team that's been so long out of the playoffs, it's it's feels kind of cynical. Yes, and especially within the division, too, and I think that factors into it. But maybe they just see the writing on the wall. The Mariners have been one of the most fun teams this season. They're overachieving. They have one of the worst run differentials in baseball, and and they're currently, what, like one or two games out of the wild card. So they're definitely overachieving. So I I understand. I see both sides of it. Their fan base wants them to compete and try and and get into the wild card there. But at the same time, you have to be realistic. I think Paul Seawald steps in, sees most of the closer – save opportunities because again the Mariners they have mix and match a little bit here Drew Steckenrider is someone who maybe he gets an opportunity but Seawald has just been fantastic so if he's available in any of your deeper roto category leagues I'm sure he's gonna go for a ton of fat yeah I was just gonna say fat bidding on Sunday night this week is gonna be a lot of fun there's gonna be a lot of different possibilities and for the people that lost Graveman as a closer lost Yimi Garcia as a closer it's a it's not going to be as fun. They're going to they're going to have to like scramble and, you know, prioritize winning those bids, especially if they kind of were counting on, you know, keeping up. So it'll be interesting. the Reds and your Yankees, they they made an interesting treat, trade where the Reds got Luis Sessa and had to take on Justin Wilson's contract to do so. You know, and that that was like the leading like, OK, are, are the Yankees actually selling here? Nope, they're just kind of creating a little bit of roster spaces. It looks like uh, there. But Sessa has actually been pretty good this year. The Reds bullpen has been tragic. Uh, so it's, you can see the match. Yeah. Yeah. The Reds. I mean, this is another, I, I would say the Reds in the national league and the Royals in the American league have been the two toughest to just nail down and figure out all season long. And mm-hmm. due to whether it's ineffectiveness or just coaching decision, I mean, there was a time there where Lucas Sims actually was performing pretty well. I think TJ Antone is great, but he's been hurt for a lot of the season. And I think they like him in that 
multi-inning reliever role, maybe transition him into being a starter for the next couple of years, whatever they want to decide. I, I don't know that he's going to be the closer for that team, but now they have options. They have Lucas Sims when he returns. They have, I guess, Amir Garrett, who's been all over the place. Heath Hembry, the ERA is not good. The underlying numbers are actually pretty good. Strikeouts are there. Yeah. Uh, you know, XFIP looks pretty good. Sierra looks pretty good for Heath Hembry. So he's been okay as their closer recently. They also trade for Michael Givens. So they bring in a lot of depth. I think it's probably still going to be committee, but the one that I would lean with most is Heath Hembry for now. I think that makes sense. I, and I'm not sure the Reds have a real plan on Antone. And that, that's what concerns me uh, that they, yeah, I hope they're th thinking about transitioning to a starter or, or, you know, somewhere they can get a higher leverage role out of him, but I'm not quite convinced they have a plan. And in fact, I think David Bell kind of makes it up as he goes along a lot. He loves those double switches in the mid innings and all that. Ugh. Ugh. I get, I just, you know, I, I might be venting a little bit too much as a fan here, but uh, so it goes. Uh, Finally, uh, one other trade. The uh, Milwaukee Brewers, they had the big trade earlier with Willie Adamas, and that worked out famously. But they also just added Eduardo Escobar, and I think he's a pretty interesting fit for this team. Yeah, and look, he's going over to, let me get this right, American Family Field. It's so hard for me to get away from Miller Park because right. I've just been saying it for so long. Mm -hmm. It's a great park upgrade. I mean, left-handed power in Milwaukee, we know that that is going to help out someone like Eduardo Escobar. He's a switch hitter, 22 homers this year, 65 RBI on an Arizona Diamondbacks team, which, I mean, let's face it, without Cattell Marte for most of the season, I am, I just can't believe that he has that many RBIs. So I think he's going to have even more opportunities now with Milwaukee. It's, I think, a good lineup, not a great lineup. They're pesky. I know they've been much better over the last month, but Willie Adamas there has been a godsend. I think someone like Luis Arias probably loses some playing time now here because they have Colton Wong at second base. Don't really know where Arias fits in there. Rowdy Teles has been very good for them recently. Christian Yelich on the COVID IL. So there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts here with Milwaukee. But overall, I think this is a uptick in value for Eduardo Escobar. I'd agree with that. And Milwaukee is a team of moving parts. They can, you know, Jace Peterson also a uh, close contact. He's on the uh, COVID IL for seven days though. I think uh, he didn't actually test positive, but you know, they've been mixing and matching all year. Uh, and they, it started with Keston Hira flopping at first base, just a, such a huge disappointment this year. I think that's why this trade had to happen. Yeah. And trying to figure out Keston Hira, we talk about this on, on the CBS podcast all season is if you have him in dynasty, it's what do you do? Right. You just right. hold on to Keston Hira and hope that he bounces back. It's he's such a far cry from the player he was back in 2019. And maybe that was due to the juice ball. He, you know, the exit velocity, the stack cast numbers, he was hitting the ball much harder that season, but since then, the strikeouts have just been out of control for Kesson Hero. So I, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he can bounce back. But they are, they've created enough, enough depth where I don't think they're really going to rely on him at all for the rest of the season. I agree. They may just retool for, and try it again next year. But he, he's got a kind of Brett Laurie sort of vibe to him right now. That's, that's a great throwback, too, man. I remember Brett Laurie used to wear the crazy face paint, right? Yep, yep. Looked like one of the, what was it, the Road Warriors in WWE? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, and I hope I'm and I'm 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 the guy that bought in the Lori the next year in Tout Wars. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be awesome with Toronto. And newsflash, he wasn't. Uh so so it goes. Uh before before a couple more speculative uh, trade talk uh, suggestions, I uh, got a quick note from uh, our sponsors at Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And that was a quick note. Uh, I'm here with Frank Sample from CBS. You can catch him on Fancy Baseball Today, roughly around midnight Eastern time every day. You can follow him on Twitter at roto underscore Frank. Of course, at read him at CBS Sports. Um, uh, Frank, let's talk about a couple of guys that haven't been dealt yet. Mad Max pitched today, showed that he was healthy, pitched pretty well, only allowed a run, got the win. Uh, does he get dealt? I am going to say that he does get dealt, and I'm not exactly sure where. His preference apparently is to be on the West Coast, so we've heard mm -hmm. the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants uh, all kind of reach out and make sense. There are teams on the East Coast that are making a push, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Yankees. Apparently, He has control over where he is traded to, so sure. I don't foresee it happening with the Yankees. And I think he's going to be dealt, and I think it makes sense for this Washington Nationals team. They kind of see the writing on the wall where – they won their World Series. They're kind of at this in-between phase because their pitching staff is old and Strasburg is going for a thoracic outlet and Scherzer is obviously up there in age. You have Trey Turner who's in the prime of his career right now, but if you can get a massive return for him, why wouldn't you shop him and see what you can get for him? So uh, overall, I do think Scherzer is going to be dealt. If I had to choose what team, let's go with the Padres. I think the Padres make a big move for him. Yeah, Jace Tingler can. I'd like to see a, uh, Jace Tingler try to take him out after four and a third, because uh, <laughs> he seems to do that with everybody else in that rotation. Uh, but uh, you know, by the way, Luis Patino is pitching a gem today, and Blake Snell got rocked at home yesterday. Uh, that trade is kind of getting turned on its ear a little bit there. I, I can't figure out Blake Snell. He before at least he was like, okay, we got a home start out of Snell. I can use him at home. Can't even do that now. Yeah, his splits are all like he's been much better at home this season. You're right about that. And I saw it was since the beginning of 2019. So following his Cy Young season in 2018, 
He's got a mid fours ERA, a whip over 1.30. He just has not been the same since that Cy Young season, particularly this year. The swinging strike rate way down, the walks way up. He's allowing a lot of hard contact. You cannot start Blake Snell right now. I saw I think no. start percentage in main event leagues on NFBC was 95%. I know his name yeah. is Blake Snell, but we've got to get away. We we cannot start him. We've got to see two or three good starts in a row before I think you get him back in there. It's so tough though, because he's supposed to be your ace or at least your number two starting pitcher. And like if if he doesn't pitch well, I'm not going to do well. I think that's the mentality at least. Yeah. But here it's late July. I mean, that, that ship has sailed, unfortunately. And I, I guess the problem is the damage is already done. That's the really tough part about that. Trevor Story, does he get dealt? It makes sense, but it's also the Rockies. So yeah, I don't know what's right? going to happen there. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. And and the latest report we saw is that if he is dealt, it's going to be really close to the end of the deadline. So Friday, close to 3, 4 p.m., whatever the time that might be. Eastern time, by the way. I know you're on the West Coast, Jeff. But yeah. I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with Trevor Story does get traded. As for where, I think the Giants make sense again. If they don't mm -hmm. get Chris Bryant, who they turn to Trevor Story, I, I think that can make some sense. Yankees have been rumored. I don't think it makes a lot of sense again for them where they're at, but if they want to make that push and try and compete, I'm going to go with yes. I, I think Trevor Story, I think we're going to have a massive trade deadline here. Both Scherzer and Story are dealt. I hope so. I love the chaos. Just love, love the, yeah, love the plenty of things to talk about, new opportunities, all that good stuff. The yeah. Rockies strike me as the type of franchise, though, is like, oh, we're not going to trade within our division, even though that might be the best offer they get. You know, the, the Cleveland didn't have a problem with that with Cesar Hernandez. I think that's the right play, especially a guy that's going to be leaving anyhow. He's gone anyways. Do you think it completely crushes his value, though? Because we have a lot of examples. DJ LeMay, who leads to go see Yankee Stadium. He's fine. Matt Holiday, when he went to the Cardinals, he was still very good. Arenado this year, he's having a good year. Low 800s OPS, probably underwhelming, if we're being honest. But does it completely crush Story's value if he leaves Colorado? I think there's a little bit of an adjustment period, but I think no. I think he, you know, good hitters still hit. I mean, you go all the way back to Ellis Burks and, you know, EY senior. Uh, and you know, he was fine after they left. I think it was actually Rocky mountain, uh, or it was, uh, actually, uh, yeah. Uh, not, not even course field before course field even exists. He got traded to the giants. He's on Galarraga fine in Atlanta, huge, better in Atlanta. Even Matt holiday. He, he sulked in Oakland. So he kind of, he was kind of disappointing there. Goes to St. Louis, tears it up. Larry Walker tears it up going to St. Louis. So good hitters hit. And you know, I know that they struggle sometimes on the road, but that's also because, you know, all the that whole adjustment to the backdrop and you know, all the talk that we've seen about how it just takes a, the Rockies on a road trip, like three games to just get used to a different rotation of the ball. You you always want to get the Rockies first game on their road trip because of that. Uh, but no, I think he, I think he'll adjust. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I lean that way as well. And especially for someone who he's he's going to run. He has that ability. So maybe he runs even a little bit more. That might make some, some sense for him. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think story maybe slight downtick, but overall he'll, he'll still be very good. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell. Does he go? I think he should. I, I know that he, I believe he has a team option heading into mm -hmm. next year. So the Cubs could keep him, maybe trade him next year, but obviously they can get more for him now. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I guess everyone's getting tra uh, traded at this deadline if I was in charge, Jeff. But yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the, Phillies, the Phillies make the most sense, right? They're trying to catch the Mets in the division, and I think they want to win now. Obviously, Dave Dombrowski, their GM, I mean, he's someone who he wants to win now, and, and that's really always who's, who he's been. So that's true. Andrew Suarez has been fine for them. He's, he's been an okay replacement, but probably is better off as a setup man with 
Craig Kimbrell there as a closer. So I'll say the Phillies. I think it's a match made in heaven. Makes sense. It's so funny. You were talking about Kapler earlier and, you know, whether he mismanaged the bullpen or not. But it, it's kind of funny. Oh, we got a veteran. We got a pro like Joe Girardi. Bullpen's going to be fine now. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be just as calamitous as it has always been. Uh, and meanwhile, the narrative on Kapler in San Francisco has changed quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, a little non-trade uh, deadline talk. Joey Votto. Homer again today. That's eight homers. Uh, it, he, he talks about how slugging is everything now. That's what his emphasis is. And he's hitting this like age 37 renaissance. He's such an intellectual hitter that it doesn't really totally surprise me that it's happened, but it's still amazing to see. Yeah, he's now up to 20 home runs. And mind you, he missed, what, three, four weeks with that broken mm-hmm. thumb. So red hot right now, eight homers over his last six games. He's homered in six straight games, again, up to 20 homers for Joey Votto. And I think it makes sense, right? You said it perfectly. He is so smart at the plate where it always felt that if Votto wanted to hit for more power and sacrifice OBP and batting average, he could have done it. But what he thought helped the team most was getting on base and using his eye. And when he needed to hit for power, he still did. He hit for a lot of power in his career. But I think now, especially late, he kind of sees, all right, the Reds need me to do this more. And we kind of heard that about uh, other great hitters in their career. Ichiro, if he wanted to, could have hit. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I was just going to bring his name up. Him and Pete Rose. We always saw like, yeah. you go way back on the rec sport baseball discussion threads. I'm showing my age here. Uh, like Pete Rose could have hit homers if he wanted to. He was really a better hitter than you think. Okay, maybe maybe it's true, but you know, and, and Vado, he's showing that he's adjusting with the times. It's pretty cool to see. No, it's great. It's awesome to see. And baseball is just better when Joey Vado is one of the better players in the sport, making this late career hall of fame push i really hope he gets in i think he deserves it so especially based on what he's doing at this point you know i was thinking beforehand coming into the season two of the best corner infield values this year who were basically written off have been eduardo escobar and joey vado and, yeah. and now look what both of them have done both afterthoughts it's it's the amazing thing like plus 300 in terms of their adp 400 probably even um so yeah it, it, it's pretty well uh mike trout the Angels are considering moving him to a corner spot, according to J.P. Hornstra of the Orange County Register. Really good beat writer. Has a really good uh, email newsletter you guys should get. Uh, check that. Just follow him on Twitter, and you can sign up for that newsletter. But anyways, he's reporting that uh, you know Trout's been out 10 weeks. It was going to be six weeks. Then it was going to be eight weeks. Well, it was going to be day-to-day at first. you know, And all of a sudden now it's 10 weeks. He's not really that close to returning. Yeah, this is kind of one of the more odd injuries this year. So he... Gets He has the calf strain. He said he heard something pop, right? So mm-hmm. first you hear that and you think, all right, well, this could be potentially catastrophic. And I guess you don't want to rush him back. The, what comes to mind for me, and a completely different sport, but Kevin Durant, right? They kind of rush him back from that calf injury. He winds up tearing his Achilles. So right. by all costs, we don't want something like that to happen to Mike Trout. And I think given the state of the Angels, they've really kind of fallen out of it here. I, I guess they could still compete for a wild card, but talks of them shopping some of their starting pitchers it looks like they're going to be sellers and i think it makes sense and with all that as great as otani's season has been it just doesn't really make sense to rush mike trout back i'd agree i mean it, i know they run you know there's that pressure can't waste another brilliant season but then you have this guy who signed up for the next signed for the next 10 years you don't want to ruin him forever either so uh you know it, it, it's really a tough spot for them so i don't know but it's just such a top heavy team and of course rendon being hurt three times already this year too and not living up to his value. Uh, yeah. And, and the pitching it's, it's they can't figure out pitching in Anaheim. That's one thing they've just had a hard time doing. 
Yeah, and I'm really surprised that they handed out the contract to Anthony Rendon. It's easier to say it now that he's mm-hmm. been hurt and he was coming off just that massive season with the Washington Nationals. But before that, he is someone who dealt with injuries in his career too. So I know that they made a run at Garrett Cole. I, I still think it would have made more sense for them to allocate their funds towards their rotation and, and fo- focus on pitching because when you have Trout and you have Otani – you kind of figure out the rest of the lineup. You didn't really need Anthony Rendon. So the, the the comparison I keep making is they keep giving out these contracts to aging stars, Pujols first, Josh Hamilton, Anthony Rendon. It's, I, I don't know. I, like you would think that they learn from it at some point, but it, this, this looks pretty rough right now with that See, Rendon contract. Yeah. It's kind of ownership driven. I bet. Uh, Artie Moreno always likes those flashy big names at the top. Uh, and then stars is minor leaguer. So that's, you know, it's bad, bad management again, but for them, um, one other, speaking of bad contracts, Eric Hosmer, he's losing playing time now with Adam Fraser joining, you know, he's, he might be getting shunned into a relief for uh, like a reserve role. Uh, and Jeremy asks, uh, is Hosmer going to be dealt by the deadline? I mean, that contract's going to be hard to trade unless you're, you know, really willing to give up a prospect to go with it. Uh, there, I know some people speculate about that. Your your colleague Chris Towers, actually, you and I were talking about that. That they should be willing to do that. You know, some teams should try to ask for that and see if that you know, as part of a deal, if the Padres wanted to get pitching, for instance. Yeah, and if they want to bring someone like Max Scherzer in, then I guess my answer should be yes. That 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 Eric Hosmer would be dealt by tomorrow, but it's a little bit tougher for the reasons you mentioned. They might have to eat some of that money. They are going to have to attach a prospect, which, by the way, they still have a fantastic farm system. Yep. Even all the trades that they've made, I don't know that they've how they've been able to hold on to all the prospects that they have, but even with those trades, their farm system is very strong. So if, if that's something that they want to do, I, I think they have the ability to do so. But uh, I, I'm going to say uh, no. I, I think it's a little bit harder to move that contract for Hosmer. I'd agree. I mean, Mackenzie Gore seems like an obvious guy to package, uh, especially because he's got his own question marks. Uh, but... You have to see if that any team is willing to take on that risk. They might, not that there are sure things in prospect prospecting, but uh, it seems like you'd want something a little safer. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. Um, let's move away from uh, that. Let's talk about you for a little bit. Uh, yeah. How did you get into the business? How did you uh, start? You know, how long you've been doing fantasy? How, have you, how long you've been like broadcasting and podcasting? How did you get into all this? Yeah, so I've been playing fantasy since I was a kid with my dad, actually. So he's been into it forever. He was playing fantasy baseball in the mid-90s when you needed to mail in your lineups and your waiver claim before computers, guys. like He's not setting his lineup on his computer. He's mailing stuff in, and he would ask me, what do you want to name the team? So that would that that's how I contributed. I'm whatever, five, six, seven years old. So nice. I didn't know anything about the players at the time. So I'm helping him name teams. And that's really where I got uh, exposed to fantasy for the first time. And ever since then, you know, I started playing in high school, in college, started up my own website, blog, YouTube channel, Fantasy on Deck. If you want to search it up, you could see ridiculous videos of me from back in the day. I actually did that with my buddy, Michael Florio, who's now at the NFL Network. So it's it's pretty interesting to see that we started back in college and we, we've kind of, I guess, made it, you can say, for both of us. Yeah. And, and since then, it's just, it's been one thing after another. I started at Roto Experts writing Scott Engel, the king. Owe him a debt of gratitude. He brought me in for the first, that was like my first real big website. So started with Roto Experts. I was an intern with the Fantasy Sports Network, worked my way up there, radio producer, video producer, eventually got on air, did some radio with them, some video work, had 
the radio show podcast for years, Fantasy BFFs, myself, Greg Sussman, Michael Florio at the time. So just kind of worked up and, and through that and the opportunities I was given there and now known as Sports Grid, CBS found me. They, they saw some of the work that I was doing. And it, it's, it's really interesting, Jeff, because the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast is the first fantasy podcast that I really started listening to a decade ago. And that was at the time it was Adam Azer, Nando Dofino. Yeah. And Al Melchior, right. And Scott White, of course. And like, it's just crazy because that's the podcast that I looked up to all these guys. I'm making videos in my basement and stuff. I would send them to Nando Dofino on Twitter. Hey, you have any feedback for me? And he would actually respond. I thought it was the coolest thing. Right. So Nando's amazing. He yeah. is so amazing with that. Such yeah. a great dude. And it's come full circle, right? So I, I looked up to him and, and Nazer, and, and now I'm working with all these guys. So it really is mm-hmm. awesome that like it's come full circle like this. And again, I, I call out Scott Angle, Nando, owe him a debt of gratitude because he gave me opportunities to be on the air when we worked together at Fantasy Sports Network. So those two in particular, very, very instrumental in my career. They've launched a ton of careers. I mean, Scott, Scott's one of the originals. I mean, he, he's been around for 25 years and he, he's definitely someone that's launched a ton of careers. It's fun to see that I, I've had him on a, a, with on the football side of things before. Uh, really great guy. Uh, so th- think highly of both of those guys. It's awesome. Uh, so you guys do fantasy baseball today. You do a lot of writing for CBS as well. Uh, you're doing Tower Wars this year. Finally got you in that. How's that going? I am currently in third place in the head to head points auction i'm 11 and 6 I, I was in first for a lot of the year the past couple of weeks i i've dealt with some big injuries nick castellanos yeah. uh, alex bregman i've had out all year francisco lindor he's underachieved and now he's hurt too so i'm dealing with some injuries but i feel good about the team if those guys can get healthy i, I think that i can make a run here but currently in third place between ariel cohen and, and ralph Lifshitz. so not those bad. guys are, are crushing it right now they're doing a great job yeah, and Ariel's the defending champ too of the head-to-head league too. So this could be he's going for the repeat, which is pretty impressive. What do you do with Lindor next year? Man, I think you buy him at a discount. I think he, I, regardless of what he does this year, I think you're going to get him at a discount. He was second, third round pick this year. I think he probably drops a few more rounds, right? Fifth, sixth yeah. round. He's still in the prime of his career. It's the first year into a massive contract we've seen a lot of big names struggle and then bounce back that second year into that contract so i think he's still young enough i know that the batted ball data it's not great but it's still a very good team context with the new york mets and i think he bounces back so if we're getting him in fifth sixth seventh round he's someone i'm going to be looking to buy it's kind of the rick wolf glenn colton thing get a guy in the second year of his contract like helped with machado harper those are the guys that come to mind for me that yeah that make i think that makes sense yeah, the, the tough ones for me, Jeff, Yelich and Bellinger. Oh, I have no oh. idea. I have no – Yelich, this back injury, I mean, this could just be something that's chronic, and we never see anything close to the MVP-type player that he was. I mean, on top of he you know, fractured his kneecap a couple of seasons ago. So you have those two things together. And Bellinger, who shoulder surgery, the guy – I think he has a sub-600 OPS this season. I, like he's yeah. been, there's been stars that have been bad and then there's Bellinger. Right. I don't know. He's in his own head too. He had a horrible throwing error the other day. Uh, just cranking. He was playing. They, they tried to put him in the first base to see if that could change things for him a little bit. It was temporary. He's back in the outfield now, but yeah, I stayed away from Yelich because of the strikeouts. He, he had consistently 20% all of his career. And then all of a sudden last year, a 30% strikeout rate. And 
that's usually a pretty good indicator that the low batting average is for real. And unfortunately, that's been kind of true. And I don't know why he struck out so more so much more often, but the fact is he has. Yeah, he blamed it last season on not having the in-game video, and a lot of guys did, Javier Baez yep. and J.D. Martinez. Right. But those guys have bounced back, and Christian Yelich hasn't. So. Yeah, especially in the power. I, that's the thing. It's just not hitting for any sort of power, and that just, that's really scary. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a grade on them yet for next year either, and I don't know what to do with them. But, you know, when I don't know what to do, I typically I just avoid. Yeah, I think that's a pretty sound strategy for both of those guys. It's just... Don't really know what to expect. Hopefully, Bellinger can bounce back the rest of this season, but it's been awful. It has. It really has. Hey, Frank, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I uh, finally get to know you a little bit more, and uh, we're going to be very busy the next two days. So uh, good luck on staying on top of the trade deadline. I'll be sure to listen to you guys tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. This was a lot of fun. The legend, Jeff Erickson. Look at me. Oh. <laughs> Thank you much. Thank you much. Uh, follow Frank on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank. Of course, watch Fantasy Baseball Today on CBS and read them up on CBS uh, Sports, CBS Fantasy. Thanks again for listening to Roto-Wire. Two-start starters with Todd and Clay coming back up tomorrow. Have a great day.